Mix in the Dark. Hey, what's up? It's my Yang from Mix in the Dark. I want to make sure I thank everyone who has been so kind to me and wrote me messages as I was still in mourning. I read every single one of them and I am unable to reply to all, but I want to make sure you know how much I appreciate all of your love. Before we begin, I want to give a shout out to Magic Mind for sponsoring this episode. Magic Mind is the world's first productivity drink and you can check them out at magicmind.co. In this episode, I am featuring my second batch of podcast students. I gave them a challenge of recording an introduction for the Mix in the Dark episodes, and they gladly accepted. Some of the stories are from a public online Hmong forum, and they are so interesting to read. The link is below, so please enjoy. Hello, my name is Ocean. My name is Evan. My name is History Nerd 212. This is Mix in the Dark. I want to thank the sponsor that donated microphones to Miss My Young podcast class. I really appreciate that you guys donate, donate the microphone because we get to use microphone for our own personal podcast. I would say this podcast class has been so good so far. I like being in this class and writing the podcast script. I would say there's time when I didn't really like the class. Miss Ma Ying is really patient and nice to us. I remember in this podcast class we did a mini uh, practicing, which was fun to do. I like that I can listen to our voice and hear and cut out what we dislike. I'm Ocean, and I just wanted to say thanks for the sponsors with much appreciation for donating microphones to the podcast class for us to use. And I also wanted to thank Miss Mayang for teaching us how to start and make a podcast. Last thing I want to talk about is my experience with the class, how podcasting works, and I'm still trying to get comfortable with speaking to the mic. But overall, it's been a pretty good experience. Uh, my name is Evan. I want to say thank you for all the sponsors and viewers who made donations towards the podcast class. I never thought that I would get the chance to start a podcast because I don't have the equipment. But thanks to you guys, I get to bring a microphone home and try it out. My experience so far with the podcast is, has been okay. I'm able to speak loudly into a microphone, but I'm still working on trying to talk for 15 minutes. This class is okay, but I usually get tired because how hot the room gets. But having to practice talking in the mic in a separate room really helps me focus on how I sound like when I will talk. This episode is a horror collection of stories. I hope you guys enjoyed the horror stories. Story 1 Sometime in 2008, my dad decided to go visit his brothers and sisters in Laos. My dad was gone for a month. When he came back, I knew something was off about him, but I didn't bother with it because he was tired from a long trip and maybe he just needed a rest. Another month passed. My dad kept getting sick constantly. My parents never thought it was anything serious, they thought it was just a simple cold. For the next few months, I would see a black shadow around my dad. I had this strange dream of a Hmong lady dressed in Hmong clothes. She sat on top of a hill crying and it seemed like she was waiting for someone. Her hands were covered in blood, her hair was long and black, and her skin was a pale white. When she turned to look at me, I pulled back into reality. That's when I heard my sister calling my name. I didn't think too much of it since it was just a dream. The very next day, I had an even more strange dream. I had a similar dream, but this time, my dad was on top of that mountain with her. He was talking to her as if he was the happiest man on earth. After they both talked, they both made a blood promise with each other to stay together forever. 
I had a different dream once. In my dream, I witnessed a plague going through a Hmong village. Many Hmong people were getting sick and dropping dead one by one, including the Hmong lady who made a promise to my dad. I was shocked at everything going on so I couldn't move. Then I spotted her, desperately crawling to me with her long black hair trailing behind her. She grabbed my legs and shouted at me, If I can't have him, let me take you instead so I can be with him forever. I jerked awake with sweat running down my whole body. I ran to my mom crying and told her everything. My mom has Christian beliefs so she just told me not to worry and that God would protect me so I did as I was told. Weeks have gone by now and I don't remember having any dreams of the Hmong lady anymore. Everything was calm until I fell ill. I don't remember anything that happened before I woke up in the hospital. From what I was told, I came home from being out with my friend and I passed out in my room. I had knocked down everything in my path before passing out on the floor of my room. I was then rushed to the hospital. When I woke up at the hospital, I noticed long red scratches on my arms and legs. I saw my mom in tears from worrying about me. She called a pastor over and discussed what had happened. The pastor said some prayers and blessed me. The pastor then sat down and talked to my parents and I and had me explain everything that was going on. As I finished explaining, my dad was shocked and told the pastor that what I had dreamt of was in fact true of how he made a promise to his past girlfriend. She ended up getting sick and had passed away. When I was discharged, my mom had the pastor go and bless our home. Ever since then, I stopped having dreams of the Hmong lady, but I do know that she is still attached to my dad and is still waiting for him. Story 2 my family and I moved back to Wisconsin after moving out of that state for almost five years. We moved back to my hometown to be near our close relatives. We stayed with my uncle until my parents could find an affordable house to rent out. We lived with them for about half a year. My parents finally found a house on the opposite side of town, a street called Giel. This house was a duplex. There was another Hmong family that lived next door to us. This was a two-story home along with a shared basement. My first thought was that it was alright. I think I was just excited that my family and I could finally get a place of our own. I liked that the house had high ceilings on the first floor. When you walk in, the stairs would be to your right and to your left would be the living room. Through the living room was the dining room, loop around to the kitchen and then loop back to the main entrance. The bathroom is basically at the top of the stairs and then there was this little hallway that leads you to the back door to get to the patio. All of my older sisters slept in the first bedroom. Next is the bedroom where my three younger sisters and I slept with my parents. And right across our room was the smaller room for my brother and sister-in-law. I don't know why, but the basement of this house always creeped us out. The basement was unfinished, the kind of basement where you had to wear shoes or else your feet would get cold or your mom would lecture you because your feet is now too dirty to walk around the house. 
The first time that anything weird happened was when all my sisters and I had come home from school. We were all in the living room doing homework and watching TV. I remember that house did not have a doorbell. It had its original doorbell that was attached onto the house, but when you ring it, it does nothing. My brother bought a cheap doorbell from Walmart. He attached the sound box onto the wall inside and the other end was placed by the front door. Anyway, we were sitting in the living room when all of a sudden we heard the doorbell ring. We checked outside the window before opening the door and there was no one. We even opened the door to check just in case we missed someone. Again, there was nothing. We thought it was just weird and blamed it on the wind since it was a very windy day. About five minutes later, it rang again. We checked outside the window and once again, we saw no one. We opened the door again to check and there was no one but this time the Walmart doorbell was on the ground centered right in the middle of the porch. This creeped us out and I think my sisters and I we just left it and we tried to carry on with our day. My first encounter alone was on an early morning school day. I remember I was the first one to wake up and get ready. I was doing my makeup in this hallway area between the stairs and the bedrooms. I remember I was just about done getting ready when someone rang really, really loud and it scared the living hell out of me. I tried to remain calm as I listened. It sounded like old baby lullabies. It sounded like it came from right underneath or by the stairs. Suddenly, it clicked. It was the old doorbell sound box. After it had stopped, I tried to keep positive thoughts and just continued doing my makeup. And as I sat down, it rang once again, but this time louder. I remember running to my parents' room after hearing the second doorbell ring. After that incident, I didn't experience anything alone anymore, but my family members did. One time, my parents did an awning, and I remember my younger sister took a nap and woke up crying. She slept in my older sister's room. We asked her what was wrong, but she couldn't answer us. I remember seeing how afraid she was. We asked her if she saw a ghost or something, and she nodded her head yes. She said the ghost was wearing Hmong clothes and that he came down from the attic. The attic door was in the closet of the room that my younger sister slept in. There were many times when my sister and brother-in-law visited that they would sleep on the couch in the living room. I know my brother-in-law always gets an uneasy feeling when spending the night at our place. One night, when my mother was trying to comfort them, I could just tell this feeling on my brother-in-law's face that he was just not into staying over. Thankfully, we lived in this house for only a year. My brother and sister-in-law bought a house and we moved out. I remember my parents told us to move out quietly and to not talk too much. Sometimes when a ghost who has attached itself to a family knows that the family is moving, it will follow the family to their next living space. If you move quietly and not talk about moving, the ghost will think that you're just going on a trip or to the store and will be back. That's the belief at least. After years of moving out, somehow that house was always the topic of our conversations. My aunt told us she heard someone died in that house years prior to us moving in. We were also told that the person that had died in this house died in the little area in the hallway where I got ready for school days. Who knows if it's true, but I was still in shock to hear this. I asked my family if they experienced anything and most of them said no. There were many times when we were home and we would hear dishes fall off the drying rack, small things like that. One of my sisters said she would get a lot of sleep paralysis episodes, especially when sleeping in the living room. To this day, my parents claim they did not know anything about someone dying in the house, but I'm sure they just wanted to keep it a secret from us. 
Hey listeners, this is my Yang, and it is now day six of drinking my little magic mind drinks. And like I said, this time I am trying it out in the morning to see how it goes. So this is my very truthful, genuine review um, of just me thinking back to how I was feeling while I was taking this drink. Um, I usually take it right before I head out for work, and honestly, I forget that I've taken this drink for my day. And of course, it doesn't work the minute you take it. Um, for me, at least, it starts working right about midday if I really think about it. Um, if you haven't figured it out already, I am an elementary school teacher, and if you're a teacher, you would understand that our prep time is like zero to maybe 30 minutes a day. And by the end of the day, what you want to happen is you completing the list of tasks that you made that day before you leave school. But you know, what actually happens is a sitting down, resetting, digesting what happened that day at school, or you know you sit down to take a brain break on your phone and then when you look up at the clock it's already your contracted time to leave in these past few days i've noticed that i've been able to keep my focus especially when i am working on lesson plans it usually takes me forever to get them done because i would work on one subject and then i get distracted and i end up doing like a million other things and i only do like parts of those million other things and so um after six days of magic mind though i'm able to isolate my tasks and i finish them one by one and it's not like i finish my list of things to do i mean you know what teacher really does but I can say that I am leaving work satisfied and planned for the next few days. I mentioned before that I am someone who does not drink coffee. I don't know I just don't like it. Um, so this is a nice alternative. It's not heavy on caffeine but it literally does the same job for me and I still have a few more drinks from my pack left and so I'll keep updating as I go. I want to mention that I have a 20% off code to share with you guys. It's MYX that's M-Y-X and to use it you just go to magicmind.co slash mix. You enter that code in so you enter mix at checkout and um, right now actually for 10 days only if you use my code it is 56% off specifically for just my audience and the best part is that they have a money back guarantee and I'm going to include all of that in the link in the description um, of this episode so make sure you check it out all right back to the stories story three I had a cousin who passed away about two years ago. We both lived in Alaska. Before she moved here, she lived in Detroit where everything started. For the sake of storytelling, we'll name her Emma. Emma went on a school field trip with her junior class. As the class walked along the river, she was the one that fell behind. At one point, she turned back and saw two beautiful swans just sitting randomly in the river. She didn't think too much of it, so she turned around and walked on. As she did, she decided to turn around again, and suddenly, there were beautiful white water lilies. That was really weird for her because water lilies aren't found in fast or moving water such as a river. Again, not thinking too much, she went home like normal. That was when weird things started to happen. Emma had her own room, and whenever her mom went to clean it, the entire room would be marked with red lipstick stains, as if she kissed her entire room, including the walls. What my aunt found that was even more strange was that the lip marks were on the ceiling as well. The same thing kept happening, so the whole family moved up to Alaska. Everything was normal when they moved. Nothing happened much until Emma told her mom that she had a boyfriend. Emma's mom, of course, didn't believe her because she wasn't even the outgoing type. So ignoring her once more, Emma just lived her life as normal. 
As the years went on, Emma graduated from high school and just stayed home most of the time. One day she told her mom that her boyfriend was going up to the sky to continue his education, and he told her that he would marry her after he graduates. Her mom thought Emma was just joking, so she brushed it off. When Emma told my mom this, she knew something was up and asked about the time span that Emma had been seeing this guy. Emma told her that it has been ever since her field trip in Detroit. My mom also asked how she met up to talk to him. Emma told my mom that when the guy comes, it usually comes through the mirrors or sometimes even the windows. My mom asked her what he looked like. She replied that her boyfriend comes in the form of a snake, but when he gets to her, he is really shiny and cute. She also explained that only she thinks he is cute because she says his face is usually blocked by a glass and makes it blurry, and that he will show her his face when they get married. Just hearing this, my mom knew exactly what happened. She told Emma's parents, Emma's mom and dad are kind of stingy. They want to save every cent they can and will not spend on things they thought unnecessary, so they never did a ceremony for her. Two years have gone by and Emma got a job working at McDonald's. She was there for only three days and suddenly went deaf, so she had to quit. This was such a frustrating time for her. The only way she would talk was through writing. It got so bad to the point where she said out loud to everyone that she was going to kill herself. I cried my eyes out for her. I felt bad that I am her cousin and I couldn't do anything to help her. Anyways, her stepdad decided to take her to the mental hospital. She took prescriptions. Doctors didn't know what made her deaf, so they couldn't help so much. She improved within two weeks, so they let her go home. When she got home, she asked my aunt to go buy a pregnancy test for her because she was told by the doctors that she was pregnant. Emma's mom got curious, so she asked her other daughter to call and ask the hospital doctor about the situation. To their surprise, the doctor told her that Emma was not pregnant. Once again, Emma's mom just ignored. Fast forward to the day before Emma passed, she was begging her mom for a new jacket. Her mom, of course, said no, so my cousin said, all right, well, my boyfriend is done with school. He is going to come down and marry me anyway. Then she went to her room. Again, my aunt just shrugged it off. In the middle of the night, Emma's little sister said she saw her go to the kitchen to grab something, and then she went back to her room. The little sister didn't think too much of it and just went back to sleep. Around 5 o'clock in the morning, her other younger sister woke up to Emma's light on. She was curious, so she went to check on Emma. She went in and saw Emma in a kneeling position, sitting on her legs with her body hunched over. The little sister thought she was just messing around because in the past, this is what Emma would do. So she went in and grabbed Emma's hand and said, come on, get up. The little sister then noticed that Emma's hands were frozen, and that's when she went into shock and screamed for her mom. Emma's parents woke up to go check. She was still hunched over in a praying position. Then they saw the knife next to her body. Emma's mom bursted into tears and they called the cops. The paramedics and cops came and questioned everyone. When the body was removed, the floor was bloodstained. They later learned that she used a knife to cut her throat. You can have your own opinions, but everyone assumes she was taken by her so-called boyfriend. Story 4 This story took place about 8 years ago. At that time, my brothers and I wanted to create a ghost movie. 
We had this crazy idea for a ghost movie. The concept was good, storyboards were done, props were good, and actors, actresses were all on board. We had a green light, and we just needed a good location. Fortunately for us, our sister and her family were moving. Her house was the perfect location to film. That house was a two-story building with two basements. The upstairs had three rooms and the main floor had a living room and kitchen. The kitchen had sliding glass doors that led to a patio with a built-in grill. The basement had a second living room with a bedroom and a small door that led to another basement space. I asked my sister if we could use the house for a day or so after they moved out and she was okay with it. The day before filming, my brother and I went to the house to prep the house. We went there to cover the windows of the rooms that we would use for the night scenes. Why didn't we just film there at night? Well, because our sister had told us stories about the house. She had mentioned that at night, their dog would randomly sit up and start barking at the walls, doorways, and empty spaces, which meant that they were not always alone. We decided to cover the windows from the back of the house first and then work our way toward the front so that we would have light if we needed a dash out of there. We covered one room upstairs and the kitchen windows. Next, we needed to cover up the room downstairs in the basement. We headed downstairs to the room and started covering up the windows. As we were covering the first window, I heard a quiet creak by the door. I thought nothing of it because the house was older and houses made noises anyway. Then a couple of seconds later, my brother asked me if I was hungry. I thought that was random and such a strange question at the moment, so I said no. We continued with covering up the first window and then moved on to the second window. My brother asked me again if I was hungry. It took me a moment before I finally understood him. It was his secret way of telling me that we needed to get out. I remember a story that our sister told us. She mentioned that she was cooking dinner late at night and her three-year-old daughter was running back and forth from the kitchen to the living room. All of a sudden, her daughter stopped halfway in the hallway between the stairways and then she said, Mom, someone is staring at me. Since my sister was still cooking, she didn't pay much attention to it. But what she said next scared my sister. She said, Mom, he keeps staring at me and smiling. My sister turned to her and saw that she was standing in front of the stairs going down to the basement, and she was pointing down the steps. My sister could see that her child wasn't laughing or smiling, but was scared at what she saw. She grabbed her child, sat her down, turned off the fire, turned on all the lights, and sat in the living room by the door. The spot that my niece was pointing to was in front of the room where my brother and I were covering up the windows. At this moment, my hair on my arms and the back of my head was standing. I was so terrified to the point where I did not want to look at the door just in case something was there smiling at us. We really needed this window covered and I was really hopeful for this movie so despite everything, we finished that window in half the time and went upstairs without looking back. As I entered the living room from the hallway, I saw a black figure standing in the right corner of the room. I assumed my brother had beaten me to the living room because at this point, we were just trying to get out of the house as fast as possible. As I was grabbing my coat, I saw my brother enter from the kitchen doorway. And that was when I realized that what I had seen was not my brother. We both rushed out of the door and locked it up. While we were driving away from that house, my brother asked me if I understood the hint when he asked if I was hungry. 
I told him not the first time, but I understood the second time. He then questioned why I did not take the hint since we finished taping over the window. I told him it was because I was really hopeful for the movie and I wanted it to work out. To this day, he still calls me crazy and idiotic. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab.